When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tom, you kind of set some ideals of the whole trans community based on RuPaul's Drag Race on this film. <laughs> but this film, I'm not sure, is it is it trying to be that clever by being that dumb? I think it's just trying to get its mates out. Let's make a film. Let's get all of our friends and make a film. That'll be fun. And I think I agree with that. I don't think it's a superb film. I don't think it handles all the issues particularly well. But I think it does have the conversation. And I chose it because I kind of like it. It was kind of fun. I watched it at the gym. It was good fun. Um, <laughs> and it did make me think about things. It did make me go away and have conversations with people. Alrighty, guys. This is episode 45 of Flicks Watch Pod. I'm joined, as always, with Helen. Hello. And on this episode, we'll be talking about Hurricane Bianca with Tom. Hey, hey. And Izzy. Ahoy, hoy. Come find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. Visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us an awesome review. Hello and welcome to this edition of FlixWatcher Podcast. Today we are joined by Tom and Izzy. If you would like to both say hello and tell us a little bit about how you know each other and what uh, you get up to when you're not uh, joining us for podcasts. Well, uh I am Izzy. I'm a stand-up comedian and podcaster. Uh, and opposite me is uh, Tom, who is Tom from Bake Off, is his official Tom title. from Bake Off. How many Toms from Bake Offs are there? I think there's three. But you're you, the definitive. I'm do you have to stipulate which series yeah. of Bake Off it is? Yeah, I'm the best series. Yeah. That's that's the clear way of demarking it. <laughs> the so, one he didn't win, that one. <laughs> yeah. It was so good, I thought, you know, I'll let other people To be have fair, you won Bread Week. I did win Bread Week. That which meant is, you should have won. Yeah. That is basically winning it. You're yeah. a star baker twice, weren't you? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, to, as Helen says, can you let us know? So that was 2016. 2016, the last one that was on the BBC. Which is the last true Bake Off. Exactly. exactly. The, the last, la- the last Berry Bake Off. And me and Tom together, we make a podcast called the British Museum Membercast. Do we, we not? We do indeed, because yes. when I'm not baking, I have a real job, because... Baking doesn't always pay the bills. What? I know, shocking. Um, yeah, so we work with Izzy and we tell the members and visitors of the British Museum all about the cool, secret, interesting ideas and objects in our collection. Yeah, like naked Scythians. Do you have a, a favourite thing in the British Museum? Oh, I do, but I think Tom's is better. Because Tom's <laughs> favourite thing in the British Museum involves Jesus doing funny things. It does, it does. My favourite thing, which I saw when I was probably six, I think, the first time I saw it, was a set of tiles in the medieval gallery which shows Jesus playing with his friends where his friends keep annoying him so he just kills them and then the Virgin Mary comes along and is like, yo, Jesus, I mean, seriously, and he has to raise them from the dead each time and I just love that that's what medieval people thought Jesus was like. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just love the idea of Jesus as a kid, though. I think that would be lovely. <laughs> just, with Mary just going, Jesus Christ, get in the house now. I think it would be, you know, Mom, Jesus is resurrecting dead cats. <laughs> How popular would he have been as a teenager, being like, guys, can we can we buy some alcohol? And he'd be like, guys, it's fine, bottled water. Nice. <laughs> yeah, super cheap. I'll, t- I'll sort this out. Yeah. Um, so what's the second best? In, in the <laughs> British Museum. Well, I mean, I, I like a lot of um, different things, but uh, my, my, my favourite thing, and this isn't interesting at all, but if you go up to the Japanese gallery, they've got these little, what do they call those things they hang on their belts? Azukis. Azukis. And I, there's one of a little rabbit, and I love it. It's lovely. And I'd nick it if I could. However, they <laughs> won't let I me. That's why I have to stay with her at all times Exactly. In the I will climb on everything. This is, this is the truth. No, it's not <laughs> quite the truth. Excellent. Well... We should probably get on to the film, which is Hurricane Bianca, which is your choice, Tom. So um, can you firstly tell us why you picked it and then give us a little bit of a brief synopsis? Sure can. Um, I picked it after my wife recommended that I watch it. Uh, We are both big RuPaul Drag Race fans, and this is a spin-off film of one of the queens off RuPaul's Drag Race, and it's awesome. Um, (laughs) And I uh, many people stony faced around this table. You're going what? What's um, RuPaul's Drag RuPaul's Race? RuPaul's Drag Race is uh, the greatest artistic achievement of humanity to date, and I can say that definitively because I work at the British Museum. Okay, you do know. Uh, yeah, I've seen it all, and this is the best. Um, no, I, I chose it because um, I do a lot of work in trying to talk about issues, social issues, particularly gender, LBGTQ issues. And I think this film is a like, perfect example of how to take some really difficult and often challenging conversations around those areas and issues and put it in a format that's quite accessible and a little bit funny and it kind of sugarcoats it. It means we're not having a super heavy conversation about LBGTQ issues. and Instead, we're kind of having a funny chat and a laugh about a film, but we're still talking about issues that maybe 20 years ago would have been said in hushed tones. And I just think that's awesome. And I think it's what we need more of. And that's what I do a lot of my baking, a lot of my cakes are actually satirical political bakes these days oh wow what does that mean give us an example of a satirical bake um so i'm working on a few few recipes at the moment um we've got things like the blow your own cream horn which is a a bake for for women in the workplace to take in when they've done something absolutely freaking awesome at work and they're not going to say hey guys we approached it as a team they're going to bring in a massive tray of cream horns that say exactly on them i close the deal uh we've got smash the patriarchy brownies which is like a really delicious brownie with the shattered remnants of the glass ceiling spread across them in sugar glass um bits and pieces like that we've got a one quick question where are the cakes for us to sample (laughs) we ate too many jelly beans yeah you know too many jelly beans not all cakes no i i I was at work all day because sadly sadly i have to work all day um you've not got like a little mini oven that you can sort of have it plugged in in the office and you can be <laughs> not yet not yet on mondays mondays is the day to get me because i always bake on a sunday and then in the office there's always some random experimental bake that i've i've brought in for whatever reason so let's talk about hurricane bianca mm-hmm. give us a, a synopsis of the film so it's a pretty simplistic film so the the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the synopsis of the plot doesn't take very long i mean it basically focuses on this teacher called richard uh, who originally lives in New York. That's where you first meet him with his with his friends uh, in New York. And he really desperately wants to be a teacher. Uh, he should come to the UK. He'll get employed immediately. Um, uh, Richard's gay. 
and he the only place he can get employed as a teacher is actually in rural Texas. So he packs his bags, moves to rural Texas, uh, ends up in some slummy house that he hates, uh, goes for his first day of work. A uh, variety of hilarious and over-the-top American comedic things happen, and he gets outed um, as a homosexual, as a gay guy in the school, and is fired as a result of that, which... Um, is legal in the US in many states, which is really the driving reason this film has been made is just to make that single point. Um, once he gets out in this act, he, he goes out and tries to get a drink. Um, can't because he's in a dry county, so ends up driving miles and miles away, uh, Has a goes to a drag show, gets drunk, meets a, a transgender woman who gives him the idea to Mrs. Doubtfire his way back into the school, walks in um, as a woman, and takes his sweet, sweet revenge as uh, the wonderful Bianca Del Rio, which is the actor's actual drag persona, um, and then takes revenge on all the people who were mean and homophobic towards him, and sorry, to her, and then wins the Teacher of the Year award with lots of ridiculous things happening in between. There's lots of ridiculousness. There is a lot of ridiculousness. <laughs> There's also every single, like, even the weatherman, you know, I imagine, must be part of... Well, that's RuPaul. Yeah, the Ru yeah. yeah it's RuPaul. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, 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 quite, it's, yeah, it's quite obvious what's going on in terms of every other voice is obviously, you know, every background actor who isn't a... They are, they are all friends. It oh, feels totally. like It feels like the sort of film that your friends made while they were at college. So this feels like a Judd Apatow film. I suppose. Where they're just all hanging out making silly... Absolutely. Silly I thought you were going to say it feels like it's three hours long. Judd <laughs> <laughs> Apatow films are three hours long and feel like they're six hours long. Yeah. I mean, I would say this this film itself is like the drag queen of a film. Mm -hmm. So if you think that, like, you know, the drag queen is uh, over the top in, in an intentional way, part of the value of that and part of the culture is, is being super over the top and accentuating uh, uh, certain bits and pieces of a behavior. This film is kind of doing that. This film is in itself in drag. Yeah, which is I mean, all, I of the, like. all of the, um, you know, Christians in it are very uh, over the top in their um, stereotype, I suppose. Well, it's, it's the middle of the Bible Belt, isn't it? So this, this yeah, is... but but they're not very kind to the people in the middle of the Bible Belt. Either. Oh no, totally not. This is so. This is a this is a this is a, a, a caricature yeah. of people in the middle of the. It's Bible a propaganda Belt. film yeah. for yeah. sure. It's a total propaganda yeah. film. But it's a caricature of everyone. Everyone in this film is caricaturized. So I think the the uh, drag queens are caricaturized. The people, the, the kids in the school are the obvious jocks and the obvious well, cheerleaders yeah, I mean, and stuff like that. There's yeah. no seriousness because no. if you know, if Bianca said what she said to a teenager, that teenager would be traumatized for life. <laughs> yeah, and be actually you know crying. She also recommends violence as a way of stopping bullying and that sort of thing oh, totally. as a joke and as a callback, which would have been so nice if it had just been left subtly in rather than pointed out. <laughs> but you know, it's little things like. I like the film, but what I dislike about it is the fact that it assumes I'm an idiot. So, like things like you know the pointing out of the gags after they've made them. Like I know I saw it. Yeah, it was amusing the first time. I think this film would be better if it'd been made by someone British because it would be slightly, slightly more subtle on certain points. So, the scene where she takes laxative and there's an explosion out of the roof of the school. I mean, that took it too far for me. But mm. I think that took it too far for me because of the audience. She wasn't that I am. a she at that point. No. He was a he mm -hmm. at that point. Um, but I think there's other bits of it where you go, huh, wow, okay, that's pretty clever. So there's a scene where uh, Richard arrives back in his, his kind of hovel of a house in 
in Texas and his neighbor who has a Confederate flag outside and and is, a, is in self a caricature has written faggot on his wall and is a, which is a superbly violent and aggressive move that actually speaks to an experience and a shared experience of LBGT community in that part of the world and elsewhere in the US and in elsewhere in the world that is put in and you see it and the audience who who might not be otherwise engaging with conversations about the the forms of language that are used to talk about uh, people in the LGBTQ community are seeing that and i think that's the power so yeah i think if you are engaged in switch on it's like okay well i know all this and this is a bit of a ridiculous film but particularly given that the audience of RuPaul's Drag Race is a much younger audience particularly teenage audience I think it's quite important that a film like this will have that audience and it will be engaging with these issues, but in a way that isn't meaning that you switch off because it's boring. And I think that scene particularly for me stuck in my mind because I thought, wow, if you'd have changed the music, mm. you could have made it a really emotionally dark scene. But instead it was like two second scene, move on, but it's clicked to my brain. In- Helen. <laughs> Tom makes it sound... A much better film yeah. than it actually is. Um, I mean, as a film, it's terrible. Yeah. It's awful. Um, but I, it's very difficult to like the characters, isn't it? Because yeah, they're just so not in the room. Yeah. and There's a lot of ordering to Invisible Waiters, which really gets up my nose. I mean, I've got some notes. I've got drag. It is a drag. It's, yeah. it's, I didn't laugh once <laughs> and i mean i'm not, I, I i don't watch rupaul's drag race so See, i don't have the the background connection i mean i quite like i quite like the character uh bianca because you know she's particularly great and sassy and it just feels like a real wasted opportunity of obviously you know cashing in on rupaul's drag race and the great character and as tom's kind of said the meaning behind it is kind of there but it's really not delivered very well. I think I, I find it difficult because I don't find, and this is terrible because I'm friends with people who do drag and I just don't find it. I, I think because I am a tall woman, I take it very personally. <laughs> I don't, see for me, what, what, you know, what drag is, is men taking the piss out of women's stereotypes. To me, it just, just from a personal thing, it's just like this, how is black and white minstrels not allowed, but this is? Because every single woman they portray is always a bitch and is always horrible mm. and funny, don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying they shouldn't do it, but it's it's always the stereotype that you're just seeing there, just, ah. Oh. And, and because it engages that part of me, it, part of me just goes, I can't find this funny because... That is, and the the thing that I found slightly unbelievable about it is the fact that she everything she well yeah well everything but also she walks back in there as a drag queen and obviously a drag queen and, and no one notices and, and but she's meant to be Mrs Doubtfiring it and Mrs Doubtfire is not offensive because it's Robin Williams playing a character playing a character this is I this is what a woman's like an absolute cat and you're just like ah. Oh. So I think I think some of it's about drag culture. And I mean, I will honestly say I had literally no idea. Then I started watching Rue Twelve's Drag Race, which I highly recommend, which is an insight into a culture that prior to doing that, I had no access to whatsoever. And I think it's really easy to see it as just a performance, but it isn't just a performance. It is part of trans identity for many, for many men 
um, who who want to express gender in that way. It's the right way to kind of have this conversation. So you're right in saying that, yeah, my God, that is a horrible representation of femininity and it's an, an outrageous uh, expression of femininity. But there's some really interesting conversations to have around that about why we think feminine and masculine and, and whether or not um, the reason why uh, drag queen culture is expressed in this way is because it is a... Um, it is an expression of the way that the patriarchy has defined womanhood and therefore if you want to be seen as a woman you have to behave like this so it's a mirror on itself now I think that's an awesome conversation to have I probably won't go into it as huge detail here because we're talking about films but that's why I like this film because while I agree it is not a pinnacle of artistic uh, production um, I can end up having a conversation with someone about that and probably have a conversation with someone about that that I otherwise might not have had. So for, it, for me, it's more just a, a an interesting conversation starter. No, I, I, I do not disagree with that. Um, I, and I do, I, not, I, not, I don't want to sort of, you know, getting into, you know, comparing it to black and white winstrels is, it isn't. But it, in many ways, I find it, I find it difficult because none of that's addressed. And also the women in it are all villains. That I, that I did find troubling. They're all horrible. Yeah. All horrible. All horrible. But the thing is, you know, uh, the, and, and it just makes me... You mean the cis women, in there? Yeah. yeah. But I think you're right in saying that it's... There's times in this film where... I, I want it to be so much better than it is. But um, it, it misses the mark. And I think, for me, it misses the mark most in a line right, right, right at the end where they talk about toilets. And I think the, the, the principal kind of says, oh, that's fine, you can stay here, just stay out of the women's toilets or stay out of the men's toilets or something like that. Mm. And I think, and I went round and round in my head because I was like, is that line about the really prescient issue in the US at the moment? With the bathroom bill. About the bathroom mm. bill and mm. about this massive issue for, for the trans community and the way they're being persecuted. But the response is like, ha ha ha, I'll try. And I'm like, is that, what do you, and it just couldn't, it wasn't an out and out kind of conversation about that and it missed it. And I think it missed it because the acting fell short. And I think that's true of a lot of bits and pieces of the acting and directing in this. So I think you're right. You could remake this film and you could tighten everything up and you could make it a lot a lot sharper and it would be a lot, lot better. But I still think this this film is do making people have conversations that they wouldn't otherwise have. So you're kind of saying, well, this is the best we've got at the moment. So let's lump it in a way. Have you seen Priscilla, Queen of the Deserts? No, I haven't. Priscilla, that's that's like, on that's my watch great. list. That's yeah. a good. That's a good version of this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, but, I was just thinking it's not as funny in terms of it's not trying to be as funny. <laughs> well, I was watching this and I was thinking because we've we've uh, reviewed Paris is Burning quite recently, and that's kind of like a bit of a more interesting look into drag, and yeah, it's quite an interesting way into looking into the background behind drag in in new york in yeah. the sort of 70s and that's handled a lot better well that's a documentary so that's yeah. literally just people this is like holy shit this amount so this is set paris is burning to give you guys a brief background mm -hmm. is set at the same time as uh disco's finishing hip-hop is kind of starting lots of bad shit's going down in certain parts AIDS, of new york drugs. yeah aids drugs are rife uh, aids is kind of coming up and drugs culture and stuff like that the bad drugs, heroin and stuff is um, becoming more prevalent. And against the backdrop of that, there's these balls where the men go and they dress in drag, not necessarily drag per se, but they go and dance and they have the ballrooms thing and they just become themselves in, in whatever way that may be. And for some people it's military, hardcore military, 
for some people it's 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 a full on drag kind of thing. So it's um They go in vogue. Yeah, they go in vogue. And that's where Vogue started was was this. So I I mean I can I kinda of separated the two. I think this is very much O T T and caricatured and I I don't know, I kinda of took it for what it was. Yeah. Um, it's a kid's film. I mean that that's what I would also say. I don't think Do you think it's, it's a kid's but film? Is it yeah. Though? yeah, I do. I think it I think it's a teenager's film. It's a young teenager's film. So you think film. it's like a my little pony for <laughs> <laughs> Possibly not that young, although we are in a room entirely wallpapered with ponies, which is slightly creepy. It is, a bit. Um, but you know, I think I think it is, and and that's you know, knowing the demographic that that watches the show that this is spun off from, and having recently attended a live show of that show, um, uh-huh. there's definitely a young teenage audience okay. watching this. I think I think you know, from the success of things like Rocky Horror, and I mean, there are other you know, I remember watching great musical called Glitter Boots. Uh, back in, I think it must have been 2004 or something like that. Um, and it, I do find it, I just find the lack of sympathy of anybody I can relate to a bit upsetting. Yeah. I mean, the one female character who is vaguely, you know, who isn't evil is the janitor and she does nothing other than is about to dance right at the end and doesn't. They just use her as a joke because she's... She's a little person. Um, she, yeah, she's a little yeah. person. And so they use that is all that there is about her other than she comes out on the side, but there's no indication she's going to. And other than that, you yeah, know, I mean, and my notes are bullies, vile characters, drag, and that's as far as I got. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a pretty accurate summary. Yeah. But but as I say, but not you, not everything in it it, it, it yeah. there's not it's not trying to, it's not trying to be a perfect representation in the same way that drag is not trying to yeah. accurately say I am passing for a woman. Mm. It's it's about an, a different sort of expression gender in a similar way and that just like the black and white minstrels were saying I'm not actually well, trying to pass as a black person. No, which I, is what they did. But that was for entertainment value, and I think well, there's an and ex- drag isn't. Well, no, I think people in drag entertain. But that doesn't mean that drag is an exp- is expressing just entertainment. That is true. Drag drag is an expression of a, a certain trans a experience. Point. That is a very good point. And you know, there's a good difference. Yeah, good points have been made. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm happy with that. That that reconciles a dilemma in my head. And my uh, that that, that, was, that well. was a gen- that because it was a genuine sort of dilemma I was having. Is how is this difference? How is this good? And I'm just going, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So unpack that for us. How is that, how well, is no, that kind of separate in I your was, head? Well, for me, um, like I said, I, fi- I'm, I find it very difficult because people in drag tend to portray over makeup, lots of, you know, cleavage, big heel, an exagger- a caricature of a woman. Yeah, and part of that caricature could, yeah, part of the caricature of a woman is I'm a bitch and I say what I like and nobody cares and I don't care. And, that to me is not what a woman is. That's what a horrible person is. Mm. And the fact that they're choosing to represent this, just as like, you know, how is that different from, say, people back in the past going, oh, but black people, they like to sing songs. So let's dress up as black people and be wear outrageous costumes to portray that and sing songs. It's only entertainment. It's a bit of fun. I like black people just because I do this doesn't mean I'm representing, you know, black people. It's just that sort of thing. And in my head, it's very difficult conflating the two other than no white person, uh, I don't I don't think anyway, has... Um, 
a thing where they dress up as a black person because that's who they think they are. Right. In the same way that somebody, you know, who wears drag because that is an element of their personality. And I think that's a nice difference because it becomes then about identity and not about taking the piss out of people. And I think there's there's a question about and a really interesting one that I certainly don't know the answer to because mm. I think this is a, an area of human culture that I'm really interested in exploring and definitely have. This is my opening foray. It's, <laughs> you know, it can only get better. Is that you, this the culture of drag as it has come, you know, RuPaul's Drag Races come out, born out of a culture of these drag races that came around in, mm. in the 70s and 80s. And it is in itself a cultural thing that has grown up but it's grown up out of its own community. It was not in any way we're going to make fun of women. It mm. was an expression that has organic grown. And actually, one of the things that I think is interesting, you see a little bit in, in, in this film, but perhaps it's not brought out so much, is there are different queens in here that have different styles of drag and there's different cultural appropriations and in different parts of the country you get different expressions of that. So there's definitely a degree to which there is a cultural and a societal pressure that's changing this. But at the heart of it is actually, you know, an expression of of, of what it is to be trans and what it is to have um, a non-cis idea of what your gender is and, and, and also, to explore that. Yeah, and a, a slightly fluid one when it comes to both sexuality in terms of the PE teacher and um, in terms of, you know, identity is what you go about your day as, Bianca or what's-his-face. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you point out like she walks into the school and she's got this ridiculous, like she looks ridiculous. Yeah. And you're like, that, what, how, how do you pass? And I think that's actually kind of getting you to go. We all know that she does not look like that, but that's getting you to recognize that maybe the thought process you should be going through isn't like, wow, that prosthetic to make you look like a woman wasn't great. But at, in that moment, that character is expressing as a woman and so we as the... There she goes the, again. <laughs> ...is expressing as a woman, and so the viewer is going, right now, that is a female character. And that that's actually an important uh, thing to kind of pull out and think about is the representation of femininity on film. You know, a really great um, and interesting exploration of the trans experiences in, in Transparent, the, the show. Although, and there's a lot of... Um, Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, and there's a lot of controversy there of why have they not used a trans uh, trans woman as that actor. We touched think, upon that in um, one episode we that's out at the moment is Dallas Buyers Club, where Jared Leto plays a trans character. And we talked, we talked about that in terms of should that have been a trans actor mm -hmm. in that role. We didn't resolve it. Um, and this, I think it's one kind of discussion that can go on going. Well, yeah, I think, I think it's both I mean, sides. The danger with acting is that you know you're going to get a <laughs> go blind. To, well, you're gonna you're gonna yeah, exactly, but you're gonna end up with you know people going. Well, they're not Catholic, so they shouldn't be playing a Catholic. And the whole point of acting is that you're playing somebody who is not you. Mm. Yeah, but I, I think that's a you know one of the arguments I've heard about why it, it's fine that he's playing that role is that you you psychologically see that person so much it's almost like america's uncle playing a trans character and that that is actually challenging to the viewer the fact that you're not looking and seeing somebody who's who who has has transitioned in a way that fits our gender normative assumptions of what men and women should look like actually raises in the societal conversation something more challenging and that's something i think that drag can do right very well is you 
it's not like, oh, I didn't realize that that person had at one stage in their life gender identified as a man. You go, okay, that's somebody who is, and that's quite brave. And I think a lot of that kind of comedic and, and showmanship that you see on stage and, and that you see in drag possibly, yeah, possibly comes out of a kind of a reflection of, mm. of an experience and a lived experience. And I think that can be quite difficult to understand. And I don't particularly like it either. I like it when the queens are, um, some of my favorite queens are the ones who just sing amazingly. And they yeah. just come on stage, sing amazingly, and they're fabulous and they're funny and they're not particularly catty. But that's because I like that performance. I'm not actually, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with their expression as wearing drag. Because you could wear drag and never perform. True. Do you think <laughs> this is the right format to discuss? In this film, it doesn't, you, you kind of set, Tom, you kind of set some ideals of the whole trans community based on RuPaul's Drag Race on this film. <laughs> but this film, I'm not sure, is it, is it trying to be that clever by being that dumb? I think it's just trying to get its mates out. Let's make a film. Let's get all of our friends and make a film. That'll be fun. And I think I agree with that. I think I don't think it's a super superb film. I don't think it handles all the issues particularly well. But I think it does have the conversation. And I chose it because I kind of like it. It was kind of fun. I watched it at the gym. It was good fun. Um, <laughs> and it did make me think about things. It did make me go away and have conversations with people. Um, and I thought, that's a good opportunity to go on a podcast and have a conversation also about these issues, which is something that I like to do. And that in that in that way, I think it's a good thing. And almost in the fact that it isn't perfect is good because it means you have some of the different conversations mm. that, that's quite nice. But it's definitely not a the highest quality. So this is our unique scoring system. The spreadsheet of dreams. It is a, it's actually a spreadsheet. It's very unsexy. S spreadsheets are sexy. That's what they sexy. need is some colour coding in this. Do we? Yeah, you, you do need, you need some like You need some like conditional formatting so that if it gets a high score, it goes green. Low score goes red. Oh my God. We should do actually that. If anything goes above a 4.5, I think we need to flag it. But the problem is, guys, this is a podcast. Mm. No one can see that. Yeah, but also, <laughs> also, I don't picture think, with your words. Exactly. Also, I don't think we're in danger of going over 4.5 with this one. I think that's quite unlikely. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So first up is the recommendability score. So we'll start with you, Tom. And it's out of five. You can have points. If you wish, you can have zero. By points, she means as many decimal places as you want, although you don't like that. I'm, I'm going to go to five. Um, no, I actually give this, I'd give this a three in recommendability. And... I was going to give it less because I thought, mm. but then I thought, no, actually, I've recommended you did it. Recommend and I was going to say, I came here, recommended it, and I've recommended it possibly to everyone I've spoken to for the last month or so. So I think it is recommendable because my whole justification for why I like the film and want to show it is that I want to have conversations off the back of it. So if I'm not recommending it, I'm not going to have the conversation. So I'm going to give it a three. Um, I will give it a one. <laughs> Maybe because there are other better films about this sort. Of, so I'd say, you know, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is a good one. I'd say, um, but I'm, I'm a cheer. If you, if you want a good teenage film, which is funny and heartfelt and real uh, and lovely, it's uh, a film called But I'm a Cheerleader. And it's about a girl who doesn't realise she's gay until her parents send her to a stop being gay farm. <laughs> and it's just great because she goes in going, but I'm straight. And everybody's like, you're not. And by the end of it, she is not. <laughs> and it's great. So um, uh, there are better films, I'd say, to recommend talking about. For the general L LGBTQIA. Yeah, for LGBT, etc. 
Um, uh, I'm gonna give it a one as well. I mean, did I find it? If I did it, I don't. I find it insulting to watch. I think the diarrhea gags are probably like really low. Yeah. On any scale of humour, and I, th- I think having that in there kind of undercuts any good and work. inflatable breast ones. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, one. It's not a very good ad- advert for Texas either, so I don't even want to go to Texas. Exactly, and Texas is lovely. I don't think it's trying to advertise Texas no. somehow. Well, I want to go to wherever the, uh, San, is it San Antonio, Texas? Wherever um, your man who wrote Days and Confusers from. Linkmaker. Yeah. What's that, place? What's that town in Austin? I want to go to Austin, Texas. So you could go for South by Southwest yeah. then? I guess, you know, it's one of those things whereby it's not really... Texas then is it? It's just like a festival in a city. You, you can go to the for the least festival Texas and then bit of Texas. stay for a bit. Oh, sorry? The least Texas bit of Texas. What Austin is? Yeah. That's what it would be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a two. Aww. I'm going to give, so give it a little sorry bump. Sorry for it. A, pity a, a little bit sorry for it. I didn't find it that uh, bad and it's quite an interesting reason that you brought it to the table, Tom. Within five minutes it kind of went, okay, it's this kind of film. It's not going to be particularly... Pff, even the or... rat that bites him at the beginning is obviously not a wild rat because it's got white markings on it. That is, that's all you need to know. <laughs> you, you Even give the it rat one is badly just cast. Just on the bad casting of rats. Yeah. Repeat viewing score. <laughs> Tom, how many times have you seen this? Can I give it a zero? Wait, how many times have you seen it though? <laughs> oh, I've seen it once. Okay. All oh, right, hold on. So that was the first time. I thought you'd seen it before and then wanted us to... Oh, no, no. I had I had, had it recommended to me. Right. And then I, you guys said, oh, we want to film. And I said, oh, okay, I'm going to watch it at the gym. I watched it at the gym. And then I emailed you and said, oh, we'll do this one. Ah. Okay. I also kind of thought it needed to be kind of a Netflix film, which I now realize it could have been a proper film. <laughs> <laughs> so what else was in contention before you chose this? Oh, so many things. I, well, I really wanted to do Power Rangers, which would have worked really well. Yeah. Um, well, no, this will work well. Yeah. Well, then, um, this versus Power Rangers, I probably would have given... Power Rangers the lower score. No, I'm, I'm more passionate about the joy of Power Rangers than I am for this. No, I mean, I don't really have very erudite. British Museum needs Rangers. a Power Rangers exhibition. Oh, I would. I, I'm going to commission that. I believe Dulwich Picture Gallery's got a Moomin exhibition oh, later on this month. Fantastic. So you no, so there was, there was I thought you were going to say that. Chosen, um, I will not be watching this for a second time. Fair enough. <laughs> Moomin's is as good. You can give it a zero. I'm going to give it a zero. Is he? Um, also, I'm not watching it again. <laughs> Helen? It's a zero from me. Kobe, are you going to watch it again? <laughs> I'm not. Um, so I'm going to give it a zero. This is the first, this wow. is the first blanket zero. Yeah. I feel sorry for it. Uh, but I think it's going to get some more points in this next yeah. category, yeah. which is a small screen score. Um, I would give it a five. Not because it's amazing, but because you definitely shouldn't see this at the cinema. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Am I allowed to do yeah, that? Absolutely. That's that's the point. You will miss nothing seeing this on the small screen. So therefore, it is a four. Well, I mean, I think I'd go even more. Like, don't like if you if someone asks you to see it on the large screen, say no. Yeah, because but you might be able to sneak away. Yeah, I think this is definitely gym viewing. That's that's how I would put it. So I'm saying four. You're saying four, is he? Helen. I'm going to give it a four. Um, it doesn't get a five because a five would be that it's deserves to be discovered. (laughs) (laughs) 
you just want to give a low score as possible. I'm going to give it five because if I saw this in the cinema, I'd be just disappointed. Um, if you wouldn't go to see this. No, exactly. But I've seen. I, do, I I've don't seen, think you can. I think I've that's another point. In, I've, I've seen films in the cinema. Where I've just stayed all the way through and thought, why am I here? So Spider Man two was it two or three? Three was, was the one three. everyone hated. Yeah, three. Yeah. That was Which bad. was three? The Sandman. The bad one. Oh, with Venom. Venom. What was going mm. on there? Yeah, with the camp dancing down the street and the massive glittery dress. Engagement score. What's that mean? So that means when you're watching the film, how in- involved with it were you? Were you? I think I started doing phone? some admin. <laughs> 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 and you were in the gym, so you can't. Yeah, but I'm going to say. I, I I was in the gym. How how much cardio were you doing? At the I was time? doing. I was cross training. Okay. So I was, and I I need something that dulls my brain. Oh, okay. The, the, pain so that's the, one with the hands yeah, at yeah. the same time as the feet. So actually, okay. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this a three because mm. I was engaged because I chose. I'm watching it, is, it and I didn't really realize how much time was passing and I'd done quite a big workout before. I realized so actually it did engage me, but okay. partly engaged me because I was thinking about. What to say about what it. What to say about it and also the interesting questions it threw up. Is he? Two. I'll be nice. I'd say, I mean, it's it's interesting visually, some of it, <laughs> just because the horror of that makeup is amazing. Um, but do you find, do you think that when it comes to, you're a freelancer, aren't you? Yeah. So when it comes to doing your bills, you... you yeah. <laughs> doing HMRC shit, is this the kind of thing you could put on in the background? And exactly. Not, yeah. <laughs> not pay attention to. It's usually Re- Christmas recommended films. viewing by HMRC. When I when I when I do when I do HMRC, it's usually around Christmas time because the office gig is when the office gigs stop. Yeah. Then it's the gap between Christmas and New Year's is usually and quite getting quiet. the tax return in if yeah. you've that not is done it on time. Exactly. Well, you don't. You got to the end of January, so you got that nice little. You got four weeks. <laughs> it's loads of time. Get it done by New Year's. Helen. Sadly, I, I'm not self-employed anymore, so I didn't get to do my taxes. Um, but um, I was coming out of the flu and decided <laughs> that it would be a good idea to watch this. Um, uh, did it I, make, did, I, did, how many extra lemsips did you need? <laughs> I can't, Psychedelic viewing yeah. of it. I think I did get through quite a few levels of Candy Crush during this film. Wow. So that, that was good. Um one, I really didn't like. I it. was just waiting for it to end. Really, I'm going to give it a two. By the way, can I just also add? Look, nothing like get Lady Gaga. Nothing no. like. No, Lady Gaga. I thought. I no. actually thought, could they actually get Lady Gaga? Yeah. If they ever had actually Lady Gaga come that in and amazing. done that, then I would have given it at least two yeah. points on yeah. the recommendability. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I was like, oh my god, Lady Gaga's going to be in it. Lady Gaga, and then when she wasn't, I was like, uh yeah, yeah, that w- that was a big disappointment in the film because that would have that would have just lifted it. A little yeah, bit. it would have been because there's sort of things she might have done. I don't think yeah, I don't I see how that. her being in it would have made it any better. Even because it give would, it some legitimacy and, and it would a nod to just also anything. and also the the fact of who she is and what she represents, which is monsters and you know we're all your own identity type thing, is basically what she goes for. So it would have been good. Yeah, it would and it would have yeah. helped. It would have added to the fantasy. Yeah, I think right. it's. I think it's interesting. I think if we were, if we were sat around this table as teenage girls who are interacting, and teenagers in general, however they identify, um, we might feel about this the way that we're talking about, um, the way that we're talking about Lady Gaga. So for for some people, for some people, Lady Gaga is ridiculous and not sensible and does things that 
are just damaging to the causes that she claims to represent, like wearing a meat dress and things like that. Um, I think similarly, this some of the things in this are perhaps just not part of our understanding of this conversation. And similarly, Gaga wasn't for other people as well. Mm. I think I, th- I think as a teenage girl, the only other teenage girls in her in this are horrible. So why would you? <laughs> why why would you even bother? Bath mat. Bath mat. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I think it's a good place to finish, guys. Okay. <laughs> so Ooh, it finishes. Scrapes are two. It scrapes. It gets two point six two five zero two point one, which is not high. No. No. And uh, okay, guys, can you sign off by letting us know where we can find you online? Yeah, you can find me online on Twitter at at Tom underscore Gilliford and on Instagram at Tom Gilliford. You can find all about me at izzy.com. That is I-S-Z-I dot com where you'll find all my ats. But my ats are I-S-Z-I underscore L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, Izzy Lawrence. And you'll find me everywhere on that. Awesome. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cheers, guys. You were just listening to the latest episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Thank you to Brendan Russell for his sublime editing skills. Mighty people for the tunes you can hear right now. Please do come to iTunes and find us, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Find us on Twitter at Flix Watcher Pod and our website, flixwatcher.tv. 